Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines. Alongside Chad Gordon, I am Ryan Lieber, and we are excited because it seems like the Cubbies are back on track. And who else to give us what it was like sitting by the dugout? Our own Chad Gordon, who had the opportunity to be in Seattle as the Cubs swept away the Seattle Mariners. Chad, I'm sure you had a nice time up there on the left coast being able to uh, see the Cubbies play the Mariners for the first time. And in, in, I can't even remember the last time the yeah, Cubs it, were up there. Yeah, it's, it's had to been be six years if it goes on the regular rotation. So, it, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's a unique trip. And a um, couple really quick thoughts about it being up there. Um, some fun things. All the locals were saying it was one of the, just the greatest days. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. There wasn't any film in the air. You could see all the mountains. You could see, um, you could just, you could see Rainier in the distance, perfectly clear. Um, the stadium was fantastic. I, I didn't actually know until I walked into it that it's no longer Safeco. It's now T-Mobile Park or T-Mobile Field. Oh, it's right next to, to the football stadium. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's for the next 10 years. So history has a name and a price, apparently. And then a really cool thing. Yeah, it was about 10, 10 uh, seats over from – and imagine being in this crew, right? Imagine being in this crew. Uh, three guys decide to take in the game in Seattle. Uh, Theo Epstein, uh, Chris Chelios, and Eddie Vedder. So I wasn't sitting with them, but they, they, they nodded in my direction at one point. Wow. Well, I'm sure that was for you. I'm sure they recognize that you go to so many games. They they a tip of the cap to you for uh, your loyalty for following yeah. that team as much as you do uh, on a regular basis. We also want to mention. Yeah. You know, hold on. That's another one thing to think about. I mean, my God, uh, there were more Cubs fans than Seattle fans. I know that happens often. I know that happens down in Miami. Yep. I know that. I mean, it, it doesn't happen everywhere, but my goodness, I mean, all the way out in Seattle. And I met several people from Chicago who made the trip out because they wanted to see the Cubs in a different stadium. And so just mm. the, the rabidness and the, and the, and the, the, the loyalty of, of this fan base is, I think, really without peer. The way they invest in, 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 in Cubs destinations and getting out and, and wanting to follow this team. So what a team to follow. So, yeah, I, I stepped on you. I think you're going to talk about our guest this week, which I think is one of the coolest guests we've, we've had. Yeah, very excited about this one. We have from the Iowa Cubs, the play-by-play announcer, Alex Cohen, is going to join us. And I think it's such a perfect time to have Alex on the show because – Certainly, we're talking about a multitude of things, including the bullpen and the guys that are now on the big league roster called up from AAA. And, of course, Addison Russell, who is right now in AAA, going to get called up eventually in the next few weeks. But certainly, there is a lot to talk about when it comes to Addie Russell. So really excited to have Alex Cohen on the program, who gets to see, you know, up close and personal on a day-by-day basis, the guys who are going to be making an impact on the Cubbies yeah. in the very near future. So excited about that for our seventh inning stretch conductor. With- well, let's, let's, yeah, let's dig in. Let's go right into the first inning and let's talk about, uh, and I'll lead off cause I was there. Um, but what, uh, I know Phoenix isn't really in the West coast, but what a great West coast trip. I mean, to, to go um, over and on the Western time zone and to come away with four wins, one loss against, you know, at one point, Seattle was the hottest team in baseball. They have faltered a little bit. Obviously, they faltered a lot with the Cubs the last two. But Arizona, um, you know, is just, I think, a game and a half behind the Dodgers right now. Um, you know, when you looked at that, Ryan, you know, I, I'm going to uh, pose a question to you, but I'll, I'll, I'll make a, a, you know, a statement to me. 
you know, that was so surprising. I, I would have uh, hoped for a split. I'd expected a split. I thought it was going to be some tougher games. But once they got that Friday game out of the way against the Diamondbacks, they were just rolling at it in, in a couple really tight, you know, heart-filled wins that that extra inning 15 inning game against the Diamondbacks and then and then uh, the the battle on Tuesday night where or, uh, where they just wouldn't give in despite the seesaw back and forth score uh, that was just as impressive as a road trip as you can imagine and sets up this upcoming series really well with the Cardinals yeah I mean it's amazing to think what this team was when they were two and seven and how they have bounced back so nicely uh, since that slow start, I mean, now we're seeing this team kind of come into its own and really start to play the kind of baseball that everyone expected them and be able to play. Um, Seattle was one of those teams that got off to such a tremendous start in the beginning of the year. They've come back to earth a little bit. But as you said, anytime you can go to a different time zone that's two hours behind you and be able to play 500 or better baseball, I think you're in a good spot. And not only that, the way the Cubbies played, I mean, winning 11 to nothing on Wednesday night and then six to five in the fashion that they did with the Schwarber home run, John Lester pitching a gem on Wednesday, a seven innings, a one hit shutout yeah. baseball. Uh, just tremendous to see this team play. And, you know, obviously looming on the horizon, and of course we can, you know, we're going to get into this later, is the St. Louis Cardinals. So the Cubbies are playing some great baseball right now as they get ready for arguably the biggest series of the year so far. Uh, So it's nice to see that this team is starting to come together right now. So let us move on to the second inning. And part of the reason why this team is starting to come together so well is because of the pitching staff. And finally, Chad, in that Arizona series, we finally see a quality start from Hugh Darvish. Everybody was waiting for it. But finally, we got that performance that people were saying, "Okay, this is what we signed up for. And maybe now we can get on this train and ride it. it. This is obviously a step in the right direction. But I think in my opinion, is the consistency going to be there? I think that is going to be the big key with Darvish. Is he going to be able to not labor through these innings and be able to kind of pitch his way through without having to, you know, throw a lot of pitches and then he's getting taken out in the fifth inning or the sixth inning? I think the Cubs would like to see him at least go seven, hopefully eight. But, you know, right now, at least it's a step in the right direction. What about yourself is where you stand on that. Well, I, you know, I love that you're focusing on on, on Darvish because we're really talking about are the Cubbies back? Are they on track? And, and you know, uh, my one initial thought about Darvish that I really liked, I saw him in the clubhouse, uh, I mean, the, in the, the, the dugout. And, yes, I had, I had some good seats right by the Cubs dugout. Yeah. Uh, and he was sitting there and goofing around uh, the entire game with Quintana. It was – it just – he looked comfortable. And what I think that bodes well for Darvish is that – he doesn't have to be the ace. And I think he just realizes that on this staff, he does it. He just has to do his job. And my, all my Dodger friends that, that warned me about Darvish, it's really played true. If he can get through the first inning, um, if you can give him a lead, he's as dominant as they come. And so, so there are some mental things to work through. You know, from the team perspective, statistically, this Cubs team has the best bullpen in all of baseball since April 6th. I know people love it's just a popular thing to complain about the bullpen. Don't because you're wrong and you look silly. You look foolish. Look at the statistics. You know, uh, Kensler uh, last night gave up that home run, which stunk. And, and it had some murmurs and boos at, at, at T-Mobile Park. But you know what? That's only the second run he's given up in April. 
Um, so he's actually been pretty solid as well. Uh, I am really excited to see that the players that are that are starting to play really well, trending up. Um, Bryant is one of the one of my my favorite uh, stories of the last couple of days because we were very concerned about Brizzo. Well, Rizzo is on a tear right now. The last six games, Bryant um, won't talk so much about to, uh, for, about about Wednesday's game, but on Tuesday he 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 tied a career high of four uh, four balls batted balls more than 105 miles an hour off his bat. And so you can't. Sometimes you're unlucky with where the balls go. When you can control how hard you're hitting the ball, that means the world. And to see the power from Schwarber, from Contreras, Javi being Javi, um, this team is is has they will earn their top three, top four rankings whenever the next ranking comes out. Yeah, and and let's flip flop that for a second. So we we talked about Darvish here in the second. We can talk about how this team is back on track here in the third, in the sense that as you mentioned, I mean Javi is obviously just tearing up the baseball right now. And we're seeing that uh, in full swing. And as you mentioned before, you know, it's nice to see some of these other role players, the Wilson Contreras is, and now we're starting to see Schwarbs and, you know, Rizzo and Bryant. And uh, so much is made of that exit velocity uh, that we've been talking about over and over again. Uh, it's, it's good to see that this team is really starting to get back on the fast track because things are starting to click again. Um, and, and listen, I think that everyone expected this team to be playing like they are now. That's why I think that two and seven start was just kind of so fascinating in the beginning. Cause you were just sitting there going, wow, I, I am shocked that, uh, this is actually happening with, with everything going on. All right. So I will lead you into the fourth inning. So if you would like to go ahead and take this one, uh, it is all yours. Now, so, so from a topic perspective on the fourth inning, um, I don't have the, the rundown in front of me, Ryan, because I'm looking at the anchor app. Well, of course, Addison Russell is the <laughs> player that, of course, we're going to be talking about in the seventh inning as well. Yeah. But in the fourth inning, yeah. Addie Russell, who right now is at the AAA level in Iowa, uh, getting yeah. ready to you know come back to the big league club. Uh, this presents an interesting dilemma, I guess, so to speak, because you have Javi right now. At shortstop, and of course, you know, Daniel Descalsco is playing out of his mind right now. Zobris is playing so well as, uh, as, as an addition to everything that we have seen from the infield. But I don't want to talk about so much as where Addy is going to play, Chad. I would rather talk about how comfortable or uncomfortable are you with Addison Russell still being on this baseball team after everything that we've learned about what has happened with him and how the Cubs have handled it. You know, you and I are both diehard Cubs fans. We both love this team with a passion, but at the end of the day, are the Cubs making the right decision, um, not designating Addy for assignment and letting him stay with the ball club. I, I I'm curious to hear your thoughts and then I can give mine. Yeah. Well, you know, we've, um, We've touched on this over and over. We've touched on it since the suspension last fall. And it's one of those where you want to be careful with your words. um, And you also want to be clear on what you feel and what you stand and where you stand rather. And I, I guess, you know, I appreciated what Anthony Rizzo said because it, it kind of has echoed what I have shared when I have talked to other fans and, and listen, I understand the energy and, and, and the anger and the frustration and the, the hatred. I under, I get all of that stuff because what Addison um, is accused of doing um, what, what he's been suspended for it, it's, it's reprehensible. Um, it is, there's, there's, there's no, but to it. Um, and, and, uh, and I think with how the information filtered out and the way that it filtered out in stages, it made it look like he did things 
over and over bad and misled, but I think just the flow of information wasn't fully out there. And so I accept the fact that it's out there. The Cubs investigated it, and then all of the other pieces of the puzzle came into play, and they made a decision that based upon all the information they have, they are going to see what they can do from a rehabilitation standpoint. And so I, I mentioned before about Rizzo and about what he said, and he said something effective. I don't have the quote in front of me, but he, had, he said something to the effect of, you know what? He was on. He was on the radio show, and he said, "He said I would wager that all of the listeners on this radio show, and I'll, I'll probably say it for our podcast listeners too, we all have something in our past that we are absolutely ashamed of, and we are all have something in our past that 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 if it came to light, it it could wreck our career. And if and if you're in the minority that has never done anything wrong like that, then that's awesome. I know I do, and I could think of some things, Ryan. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but um, what what Anthony said was." you know, we deserve a chance at least to try to become a better person after these things come to light. And when I think about Addison Russell and about, think about what he did without making any excuses whatsoever, he's in his early 20s. Um, I have no idea what his home life was growing up. I don't know what sort of angry house that he might have grown up in. I don't know. That's, 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 that's a complete um, – I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know where he came from and, and why he developed some of the things that he did. Um, but he has those things inside of him. Maybe they were just inside of him. Well, I am a firm believer that, you know, that there's no junk in this world and everybody has a chance to be re- rehabilitated and given a second chance. And and so the last point I'll say is I think the Cubs are making the right decision by seeing this through and also um, making sure that he does everything that he needs to do to make his way back on, on the field and earn his way back on the field. I appreciated their decision that, that he, he could, could have been activated for the Cardinal series. He's being sent to Iowa. And so he may ride the pines and ride the bus for a month. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? He may be back on Tuesday. We don't know what the situation is. But the Cubs aren't rushing him back, um, which they could. And they, 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 you know, from where his talent is, they, you know, if they really were just concerned about winning, they would. So I'll wrap this up to say I am hopeful that he has an opportunity to have a second act and, and thank goodness that, um, you know, in my early twenties, the mistakes I made didn't paint me for the rest of my life. Yeah. The one thing I will say about this is, you know, again, he, he served at least under baseball rule, the penalty, um, what'll happen, you know, between him and his wife, when this is all said and done, that's a different story. And, and that is something that, you know, will, will be determined, outside of the world of baseball. I will say this. There is an interesting story out there, Chad. I don't know how much you have heard about this or picked up on it. Again, I don't know if this is true. A lot of people are denying it, but then there are other people that are claiming this is true, that the Cubs are apparently trying to strong arm people in the media from creating negative stories about the Russell return. Now, again, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. This is all speculative. However, there are, some prominent media members that are backing this story. One of them, Paul Sullivan, who has covered the Chicago Cubs and Chicago well, sports media well, for, Ryan, for Ryan, years. Ryan, you know, I, if I could jump in, what he said was, yes, the Cubs are always pushed for positive stories. He did not say, yes, I have seen 
them threatening people around Correct. the Addison Russell story. So, Correct. so every every corporation has a PR department that wants positive stories. So, I I don't know what Twelve Up is. I've not read that blog. It's not you know it's not it's it's not hard hitting breaking news. They're the only ones that stand by this story that they were actually threatened. Well, there with was this. So that's my other that's my yeah, concern. There, and there I was... did see the I saw the executive producer for the radio. All he said was truth, and he didn't actually give an example. So I I would like to see more facts before we actually throw this out. And Theo did get on the horn um, today and said this is that we absolutely support freedom of speech and if this is found out to be true somebody's not going to be with the Cubs very much longer yeah. so he, he he said no correct and and I want to say there are plenty of media members Jesse Rogers being one of them that has said he has heard nothing of this sort so it, it is something that's out there um, there there have been people that claim there is there was an article at NBC Sports that claimed that you know this was happening so Again, I don't know. It's it's just out there. It's lingering. There's nothing that's been proven. It's just kind of lingering. It would out be there so silly. It would be so silly for the Cubs to take all these steps and then to be be exposed to do that, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I, that's why I just don't think it, it it just doesn't hold water for me. It wasn't collaborated. It, there is no proof around it. It's 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 one blog technically saying this happened to them, and then not a rush of other people because there have been a lot of negative stories about about Addison Russell. And you know what? We're at the stage now as he comes back, where yeah, the Bob Nightingale story um, that they're painting to, which was kind of a positive piece. Well, guess what? That's what happens in these situations. Everybody who has a fall they typically get us stories to kind of build them back up so i feel like i'm fired up on this story but i just i i just want to say it's like i feel like <laughs> i feel like i understand that people are upset about this and i'm not i don't want to take that away from anybody and i personally believe that if if addison russell can take the steps to work on if he has anger management work on whatever those issues are those 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 flaws in his system, then the world's going to be a better place. Um, whether or not he plays for the Chicago Cubs, if he could work through these through therapy and through working through these things, it's going to be good for everybody. And thank goodness that um, that we've discovered this now and it's and not, you know, a decade into a situation. All right. So let's move on to the fifth inning now. And uh, we were talking a little bit about this uh, topic earlier, and that is the mighty bullpen has started yeah. to uh, make its return. Everybody obviously was very nervous in the beginning of the year, but the Cubs have made some really nice moves in the minors. Dylan Maples, who we're going to talk about in the seventh inning stretch with Alex Cohen, has made a remarkable impact on this team, um, among others. But I'll tell you what, Chad, uh, the Cubs bullpen right now has really proven to pull some things together and pitch very well over the course of the past couple of weeks. It is nice to see that this pen, after all of what it has been uh, getting, you know, so much pushback from and people worried after Brandon Morrow continuing to nurse an injury, everybody kind of was thinking this was going to be just absolutely doomed um, has really done a nice job of rallying right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the bullpen, dare I say it, could be one of the strong suits of this team now. Uh, it has been very nice to see, and, and they have really proven their worth uh, over, like I said, these last couple of weeks. One of my favorite stories of this past week, and we, you know, we re re recorded on uh, almost on last week, we had a little bit of a glitch right there, is, is, uh, uh, and I love this, is uh, we were in that extra inning game. 
uh, in Arizona. It did not look like the offense wanted to break through and do anything of value. And uh, Dylan Maples had, had done well the inning before he comes up, and he just lays an egg, walks three straight guys, walks the bases loaded. I and mean, we're, we're talking, this is just, it's over. There's just no way. Because guess who's – I think about, like, <laughs> Ross from the WCW, WWF. Whose music is that? Well, that was Tyler Chatwood's music. So <laughs> Tyler's our savior, and he comes in and promptly shuts it down. And so people – again, I mentioned this before about the bullpen. It's a tired excuse, guys. Move on. This bullpen is one of the best in baseball. And Tyler Chatwood is a flipping huge part of that. You know, Kinsler, despite his struggles last year, has pitched incredibly well this year. Uh, Strope has just basically said, you know what, guys, I'll be your closer. And he's the energy guy. Um, I, I, I'm, for me, um, this is what was necessary for the Cubs to have some confidence so that their relievers uh, could, could have this stronger role. Because, as you know, Madden doesn't like to stretch it out and, and go deep with a lot of their pitchers, especially with the pitching count. So what a, an unexpected surprise. This last week I give almost all of the credit this last week to the, the, the Cubs pitching um, bullpen. Yeah, it's really remarkable to see how that uh, team has bounced back, especially – uh, as well as that pitching staff has done in the pen. All right, well, another person who has really bounced back after getting off to such a slow start as we move on to the sixth inning right before our seventh inning stretch, how about Kyle Schwarber, man? He just <laughs> continues to get that batting average up and up, and, of course, hitting the game-winning home run on Tuesday night in Seattle just absolutely crushed it uh, to give the Cubbies the 6-5 to five win. But I'll tell you what, man, everybody has been waiting for Kyle Schwarber to show the kind of talent that he displayed um, in the 2016 World Series and just become that consistent power hitter who not only can hit over 30 homers and drive in 100 runs, but hit close to 275, 280. So um, it is great to see this. I mean, listen, again, another step in the right direction, right? I mean, these are the guys, like it's one thing when you see in Rizzo and Bryant and Javi as those guys are core guys to being able to, you know, put up the numbers. But if the Cubs are going to get to another World Series and win another championship, it is the Kyle Schwarbers and the, you know, Jason Haywards and the Wilson Contreras that are really going to have to make an impact to show that they can provide every sort of boost necessary to get this team over the top. Schwarber is a guy that obviously Theo Epstein holds in such high regard. He has refused to trade him on multiple occasions. And maybe we're starting to see Kyle Schwarber really finally starting to figure it out. As, as Joe Madden says, he just needs to let the pitches come to him, not get in front of the ball, but to stay back on these pitches. And that's, what's going to allow him to be more successful. So from my standpoint, hopefully this is something that Schwarber can continue and get that hot streak going and just continue to be, you know, that hitter that can provide continuous power behind Javi and Rizzo and Bryant. And and I, I kind of like that he's batting lower in the order even more so now because it, it doesn't maybe even put as much pressure on him than it did before. What, what do you think about that? Well, I appreciated the fact. So we had this situation. So I've got a fun fact that I'm going to share on the podcast um, about the DH. But I love the fact that, they said 
You know what? Let's let's let Chris DH. Let's actually let Chris not physically tax his body. And we trust you, Kyle, out in left field. And Kyle did a great job, and he continues to do an above-average job in in the outfield, despite a lot of people's concerns and the fact that he's not quite the slim guy he came into the came into camp uh, <laughs> you know a year and a half ago. Um, and he he just yesterday, uh, Tuesday rather, uh, in Seattle just looked so dialed in on each of his, his bats looked so comfortable that it almost felt inevitable when he hit that two run Homer that ended up winning the game. Um, and he just launched that into the upper deck. That was a big boy home run. And one of his, one of his biggest home runs We're you know, on the, on the broadcast today, I think they were talking about the three longest home runs. One was at PNC into the river. Um, the other one, the, the most famous home run, maybe be difficult for him to, to, home run over the uh, um, over the scoreboard in right field. Um, but he has so much power. You know, there's two things that I want to wrap this up with. One, I want to say little concern if he is getting a lot of looks that he if you really look at our lineup, he is one of the few really tradable assets we have from a contract standpoint. I mean, I guess you could say Zobris could be that for somebody that needs that sort of role player that could play those positions, but we really don't have anybody else. I guess you could say Almore as well, because from a defensive standpoint, strong, but offensively not. I worry that Schwarber's getting a lot of looks because they want to make sure that everybody sees him and the versatility. I want to end it with this one piece of uh, fun fact. And I don't know if you saw this on the Facebook page today, Ryan, but Major League Baseball switched to the interleague play, I believe, in 1997. And so during that time, um, a lot of National League players have hit the DH, right? The leading two guys, they both lead, lead, they both lead the National League and designated hitter home runs are very familiar names. Bobby, bon- I'm sorry, Barry Bonds and Mike Piazza. Guess who's number two? One home run behind those guys, Kyle Schwarber wow. only played two and a half seasons and already from a DH standpoint already has one less home run than the national league leaders um, who had 20 years here, 15 years rather to do that. So he is Babe Ruth. He continues to be Babe Ruth. I think his upside continues to be very strong. Um, and you're right. He um, has the opportunity if he can stay here to be a Cubs legend. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we have a great guest for you as we do every week. This week, no different. We have from the Iowa Cubs, the AAA affiliate for the team, the play-by-play announcer, Alex Cohen, kind enough to join us here for a few minutes. Alex, welcome to the Friendly Confines. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes of your day to talk to us. Not a problem, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, well, we appreciate the time having you as uh, you're down on the farm in Des Moines. And of course, I feel like you're the perfect person to be talking to at a time like this because the Cubs are going through so many changes right now, especially with their bullpen and Addison Russell. We're going to get to him a little bit later in this interview. But first, let's start with the bullpen. You see these guys who are being called up from the AAA level now to the big league club. Um, some of these guys that are now making a big impact and then some guys that were called down to the AAA club, kind of like Carl Edwards Jr. Uh, to be one of the guys that we're talking about here. From the guys that you've seen that are now playing on the big league level, what are some of the things that fans can expect from some of these guys that are coming out of the pen now that you've gotten to see the last few weeks? Well, you said I'm the perfect person to talk to. Perfect is definitely relative in this uh, instance, but uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I appreciate you having me on in that regard. Uh, first, uh, Dylan Maples, you saw him a little bit last night, um, and it was the Dylan Maples experience through and through. He walked the first two batters, and then he struck out the last three. High 90s fastball, 96 to 98. 
and a tantalizing slider that not only was the best that I've seen at the minor league level, probably the best slider in baseball that I've seen in 10 years working in minor league baseball. So it's that good. And if he can locate the slider, he also throws a curveball that's about 83 to 85 miles per hour. And if he can locate the fastball on a consistent basis, not only is he a bullpen piece, he's a back end of the bullpen type of guy, setup guy, closer type of stuff. Uh, he's really special. He has a special arm. So seeing Dylan Maples go back up and obviously the strikeout numbers are high, the walk numbers are high, the whip number is high. But yesterday, you know, he didn't give up a run. He walked two and then struck out three and ended the innings. So a guy like Dylan Maples really sticks out from a bullpen perspective. Carl Edwards Jr., you brought him down here. He's been tremendous. His last outing, 15 pitches, nine strikes, struck out two, a one, two, three inning. In four appearances with the Iowa Cubs, he's given up one earned run, and that was an inherited run. He left with a runner on second. That run ended up scoring. So in four appearances, you look at that number, the whip, you know, the wins, uh, excuse me, the, the walks and hits per inning. Uh, for a reliever, you want that to be under one because that means that you're locating and Carl Edwards Jr. through four appearances, that's a .60 whip. And that's phenomenal for a guy who had some, such severe control issues up in the big leagues a month ago, just trying to work some things out, both prefer professionally and personally. And he's doing that and passing with flying colors. I wouldn't be surprised if Carl Edwards Jr. is up with Chicago over the next week or two. His stuff looks that good here, and he looks to be rearing back into form. So Maples and Carl Edwards Jr. in the bullpen are the two guys that really stick out to me. All right, we're talking with Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, giving us a few minutes here on the Friendly Confines. And you can find Alex on Twitter at Voice of Cohen. He's a great follow, so be sure to check him out as well for all the latest news going on at the farm level for the AAA affiliate in Des Moines. So with that said, Alex, we talked about the bullpen. It's interesting because we had Jesse Rogers from ESPN Radio on a few weeks ago talking about the fact that he thought at the time that the Cubs AAA bullpen might be stronger than the big league bullpen roster at the time. Um, it seems like the Cubs have been able to grab some of these, as you mentioned, like a Dylan Maples to come up and really make a large impact. Is there anyone else that you think could see some time coming up to the big league level at some point throughout the season that you like so far. Absolutely. There's a trio of arms, uh, right-handed, hard-throwing relievers. Uh, Dakota Meckes is the guy that has popped out onto the scene when it comes to Cubs and their minor league prospects. He's now a top 30 prospect. He was a 10th round draft pick a couple of years ago out of Michigan State. 6'7", 275 pounds. And you look at him on the mound, you expect him to throw 99, 100 miles per hour, be that Jonathan Broxton type of guy. He's not. His fastball, 91 to 94, but he has such long reach, and he throws across his body that his fastball has so much movement, he gets guys out. Now, now Google Dylan Maple, or excuse me, Dakota Meckes, and, and look at his minor league stats. His minor league ERA over the first three years of his professional career is sub-1-5 with, with a 6-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. Uh, he's a guy that with this size, he can control three pitches in the strike zone. You could see him in the big leagues pretty soon. Uh, a guy who they acquired this past season, uh, for J for Jason Bossler, who was an Iowa Cubs third baseman last year, who led the team in home runs. Rowan Wick, a hard-throwing right-handed reliever from San Diego. This is a third organization that he's pitched for. He was previously gassed, but Cardinals farmhand, and made it up to the big leagues with the Padres last year. 
hard-throwing right-handed reliever. Yeah, he's averaging about 16 strikeouts per nine innings at this point of the season with the Iowa Cubs. He threw the other day, uh, went one and two-thirds innings, didn't give up a run, struck out three, good curveball, fastball, 95 to 97. Uh, he's a big-time arm who's been really impressive. And then James Norwood, who you saw up in the big leagues last year for some time, uh, fastball, 95 to 98, throws a uh, splitter. That, that's a work in progress, but becoming one of his better out pitches. Uh, Norwood last year had such an interesting season. He started up in double A, first half of the season in the Southern League, was a Southern League all-star, came up with Iowa for a week and a half, then was up in the big leagues for a month, then down here for a month. And he said going to Arizona this year a little bit early and working on his stuff and being in big league camp and understanding what that all brings really helped him. He's been really good for us this past year uh, for the first three weeks of the season. Now his last outing, he did give up a three-run home run to a hitter by the name of Willie Calhoun, who's probably a big league hitter, top offensive prospect in the Rangers organization. But aside from that, uh, Norwood has been great so far this season. So Norwood, Meckes, and Rowan Wick are the three arms that really stick out to me right now in the back end of the bullpen that could make a contribution in Chicago sometime this season. What about Ian Happ right now, Alex? I know a lot of Cub fans were certainly disappointed that he didn't have the spring that they had hoped, uh, got sent down to kind of work out some of the issues that he was having during spring training. How has he been looking, and what do you think the long-term prognosis is for someone like Ian Happ? Well, remember, Ian Happ, when this roster broke in the 2019 Iowa Cubs were going to start their 2019 season, he was the third youngest player on this team. He's only 24 years old. And we talk about all the prospects in the Cubs organization, everybody talking about Trent Giambroni and the spring that he had, and he's so young and he has the opportunity to be great. Ian Happ is younger than Trent Giambroni. Uh, so he's a guy that still has a lot of room to grow. He's a switch hitter. But what I've seen from him here, he has a legitimate all five tools. He can field. He plays center field pretty well. Um, he's played a pre- uh, decent second base so far. He can hit for both sides of the plate. He can really run. He's got a strong arm. And he's got a good batter's eye. So he, he's a guy that he has two home runs this year, seven doubles. He's hitting over 300 runners in scoring position. Now the strikeout numbers are still a little bit high, and that's a work in progress, especially from the left side. Uh, But I've been really impressed with Ian Happ and his ability to play every day, multiple positions, four to five at-bats to give you big league professional at-bats every single time, draw walks. Uh, He swiped a couple bases. He does a little bit of everything. So I've been very impressed with Ian Happ so far. Definitely making progress, and I think that he'll be a big leaguer with the Cubs at some point, hopefully soon, but at some point in the 2019 season. All right, so now the other big story, and of course, uh, we're going to probably be seeing him very soon with the big league club, and that's Addison Russell, who was suspended for uh, several games throughout the uh, course of the 2019 season, uh, suspended by Major League Baseball for his actions off-field, dealing with his ex-wife. So with that being said, he is going to be starting with the Iowa Cubs. Um, How many games, what as of now do you know as far as um, how much – Addison will be playing for the Iowa Cubs before he heads up uh, to Chicago after that. Well, well he's already here. Uh, he has already played three games with the Iowa Cubs. Uh, the other day, he was two for four with a double and three RBI. And, and in the field, he looks as smooth as ever. So from a playing perspective, he looks pretty sharp at this point. Uh, just from the, the Major League Baseball rules when it comes to 40-game suspensions, uh, he can play a maximum of seven games at the minor league level before he either gets called up or he gets optioned to the minor league level full-time. So I don't know how that's going to transpire. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the plans of the Chicago Cubs front office has for Addison Russell. He does have options available, so he could potentially be optioned to Iowa and be here for the extended future 
after his suspension is done. But on the field, what we've seen so far uh, is a guy who plays an above-average big league shortstop. He moves to his left well. He charges it well. He has an above-average arm. He swiped a couple bases, so the speed tool is there. Um, and then he hit the ball to all fields. So, so he's a guy that even the laps in time, you know, having to stay in extended spring training for the first five weeks of the season – uh, I, I don't think that that has hurt his play on the field at this point. He looks really sharp. But but again, I mean, it's a continuous process, as Theo Epstein says. I mean, they're not even, even close to the finish line of uh, what he's going through and what his family is going through and the type of counseling that he's getting and the steps that he has to take to be an everyday big leaguer. From an on-field perspective, he's an everyday big leaguer. Off the field, he still has work to do, and I think that's an incomplete grade at this point. Uh, but he seems to be doing everything that the Cubs expect him to do and that he wants to do for his family. Uh, but I think there's still uh, a little bit of time for the light at the end of the tunnel. Alex Cohen, he is the voice of the Iowa Cubs in Des Moines, the AAA affiliate, giving us here a few minutes on the friendly confines as our seventh inning stretch conductor. You can find him on Twitter at Voice of Cohen if you want to follow him. He's a great follow with all the news going on at the farm system and with the AAA affiliate in Des Moines. Alex, thank you so much for taking a few minutes of your time. We so appreciate having you. We would love to have you back on the program later in the year. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, Ryan, I really appreciate you having my number. Call me back anytime. You got it. And our thanks to Alex Cohen from the Iowa Cubs, giving us a few minutes. Really great insight. And, of course, uh, we really appreciate him taking the time. And, of course, remember, if you want to be able to connect with Chad or myself on social media, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Ryan D. Lieber. Chad is at Cubs Confines. So please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear your feedback on what you would like to hear on this podcast. If you have a guest or a topic specifically you want us to talk about, we're always open, available, and interested in what you guys have to say. And obviously we have a wonderfully strong Facebook community as well in the thousands. Um, It's uh, the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook headquarters. The Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook headquarters. Look for that. uh, Search for it as a group uh, and and ask to join. And we'd love to have you there. It's a Cubs positive uh, group. It's a great place to line up Cubs tickets. A great place to uh, hear about the podcast the latest news pictures from the game so I, I i hit a lot of games i was in seattle the last two days uh and then um, i'm gonna be in dc in a couple weekends uh obviously back in chicago as well so those it's just a fun so join that group as well and let's dig into the eighth inning and i gotta tell you ryan i'm gonna let you get the final word on this but let me let me throw some things out to you that are gonna absolutely blow your mind batting blow average bla- batting average leader by a wide margin Jason Hayward batting almost 330. Um, number four in home runs with five so far. Jason Hayward, keep in mind, um, 20 was his career record um, his rookie year. Um, RBIs, uh, fourth, uh, just eight behind Javi uh, Baez. Jason Hayward, stolen bases leader. Jason Hayward runs in the top five. Jason Hayward, on base percentage leader. Jason Hayward, OPS, um, number three. Um, behind Contreras and, and uh, uh, Baez, uh, again, Hayward. Hits in the top three is Hayward. Um, uh, walks, Hayward. Strikeouts, 
down at like 10th on the list, meaning he does not strike it out very much. Jason Hayward. So we can all agree, if you just take the pitching staff aside, the MVP of the Chicago Cubs team is without a doubt Javi Baez. That is not even in question. But is Jason Hayward right now, is he going to be starting in right field for the All-Star game? Uh, I think he certainly has a chance. I don't know if he's going to start. I mean, there is that guy in Philadelphia named Bryce Harper, who I think might get the nod over him. But is Jason Hayward all-star worthy? Oh, absolutely right now. And granted, you know, obviously we have a couple of months uh, before the all-star game, Mm -hmm. you know, gets on their way. But Jason Hayward is off to a tremendous start. And as far as I'm concerned, if I look around right now, your all-stars for the Chicago Cubs, there's probably four that I can maybe think of off the top of my head that you would take right now. For me, it's Wilson Contreras, it's Javi Baez, it's Jason Hayward, and then you would probably expect, depending on what happens with the pitching staff, you could possibly say John Lester or the other one is Quintana. It, you could potentially make that, you know, case that um, no Brizzo, guys, ooh, no Brizzo. Yeah, Goodness. I don't think. Well, listen, they didn't make it last year either, and and so I, yeah. I mean, that's not out of the realm, especially with the way yep. they're they're hitting right now. So, but I have absolutely uh, no qualms in saying that uh, Jason Hayward right now deserves to make the All Star team a hundred percent. So I am on board with that right now, uh, Jay Hay, for the All-Star team in the National League. All right, yeah, so he- let's let's finish up, Chad. Ninth inning now, and uh, this is, with all intents and purposes, if you can say there's the biggest series of the year thus far, uh, we got it in Wrigley Field, Cubs and Cardinals. And we said in the beginning of the year, um, I was fully confident that I knew that the Cubs' biggest competition was going to come from St. Louis. I mean, they got mm. Paul Goldschmidt in the offseason. Um, you know, certainly this is a team that, uh, you know, with uh, Marcelo Zuna and, I mean, th- there's just talent oozing out of this team, um, you know, with everything that the Cardinals have. And, and it certainly is showing right now with uh, the young players meshing with the veterans uh, as they sit atop in the NL Central. So a huge series at Wrigley this weekend certainly can put the Cubs in a position, depending on what happens. If they sweep, the Cubs are sitting alone in the NL Central. Two or three gets them a lot closer to first place. But man, is this going to be exciting just for like a May series? Yeah. It's going to be so exciting at Wrigley this coming weekend to see the Cubs and the Cardinals battle it out and see how these two teams fare against one another. What what do you ultimately expect to, to happen uh, this weekend? The you know they're all big games. You know, you know, and and a, a series in May is not going to make or break um, this this uh, this season or this team. Um, but this obviously, with where the Cubs are looking up at the Cardinals in the in the uh, in the standings, this is a, a key um, potential opportunity for the Cubs to get closer to, to taking over the division lead and and uh, and being there where they, they they need to be if they want to obviously make the postseason because it's uh, the wild card I think positions are going to be very plentiful and that's a bit of a crapshoot you know this series and this weekend I you know uh, winning the series should be the goal the Cubs have not lost a series in I think uh, 
close to, you know, more than two weeks, you know, maybe almost 20 days. So they've not lost a series in, in quite a few series. So if they continue to play like they can, if the pitching staff, and let's be very honest, the pitching staff is heads and shoulders better than the Cardinals pitching staff. So that's where the Cubs absolutely have, have an edge. What a lot of players are going to be very surprised by when they see the stats and everything popped up there, um, you know, the, the the Cardinals have a pretty good shortstop uh, on their own as well. And, you know, we're all pretty excited to see Fowler playing really well because we all support him because we're, we don't hate people when they leave us and we love Dexter. Um, but this upcoming series is just going to be fun. It's May and it's Wrigley Field and it's Cubs Cardinals and the Cardinals are competitive again. I love that I can say that because they really haven't had a pulse since that Schwarbaum over the scoreboard in 2015. And so um, the, the, the thing that really is going to be surprising for me is how well the Cardinals pitching does show up because they have been the weak spot. They have not been very strong. Um, they've got Flaherty uh, on Friday going up against Hendricks. Uh, you know, Hendricks uh, has been struggling. Um, uh, but Flaherty uh, is 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 uh, is the starter on and fr- on Friday. Um, I think all of the uh, the Cardinal starters um, are over. Um, I believe, and I could be wrong here, but I believe they're all over four um, ERA. Um, uh, Waka is uh, he's got two wins, but he's he's up near five. Um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Darvish has has an ERA of over five, and then on Sunday is going to be really, I think, the first matchup to watch in all of Major League Baseball if you really look at it, uh, Wainwright who is having a good year against Quintana. And so it's it's a tremendous series um, on ESPN. Everybody in the nation and the world can watch it on Sunday night. I cannot wait. Cubs, Cardinals, May. Life is good. Yeah, it really is. And you mentioned Paul DeJong who's, who's having a great season and, and Dexter, as you said, really bouncing back after such a struggle last year that he had with the Cardinals. It's nice to see. Ironically enough, uh, the Cardinals, you know, arguably best player, Matt Carpenter, really off to a slow start right now. Doesn't really mean much. He hits so unbelievable at Wrigley usually. But, um, you know, interesting to see that Carpenter is really the one that has not uh, really kind of gotten the bat up to par right now. And the pitching staff, as you mentioned, you know, that was really the strong suit for the Cardinals this year. But, you know, kind of, as you said, not as dominant necessarily as what you probably would expect from a a Cardinals pitching staff thus far. But nonetheless, it's going to be a a terrific series, and and I'm certainly looking forward to it. As you said, it's on ESPN on Sunday night or the Sunday night game of the night, and then um, it is on Fox Sports 1 on Saturday. So you can catch uh, two of those three games on national TV. So we will just uh, obviously wait and see how that plays out because if the Cubs – continue to sweep uh they will be in first place in the nl central for the first time this year two things to think yeah two things to think about about this series there's there's a couple things really think about there was really silly fallout people in st louis and and yadier merlina completely showed his ass when he lit into bryant for having fun and just saying no i like chicago and st louis is kind of boring that is still a thing, even though Bryant wanted to sue that. It'll be interesting to see how Yachty is greeted. And then also, one name we've not mentioned um, that scares the heck out of me. Um, I mean, we're not talking about Azuna, who's leading the team with 100 uh, or 10 home runs like like Javi, uh, but Paul Goldschmidt. Yep. They have a new weapon at first base. So um, this is a much stronger team, um, but I do give the edge for this series to the Cubs for the pitching. 
Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Friendly Confines. For Chad, I'm Ryan. It's always a pleasure, Chad, and we'll see how it plays out this weekend. And to see you at the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley